Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. On today's episode, we talk about why private land is interesting and e-bikes. Howdy and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is, what is today? October 8th, 2019. This is episode 101. We're over the hump. I am healthy. You can hear me. I have my voice back. I also have my co-host with me today, Greg Tubbs. What's up, Greg? How you doing? Oh, yeah. That's a nice radio voice right there. You got hey, a face for radio, my friend. I got a face for radio <laughs> and a boy's choir voice. That That a girl. So uh, we're back at it today. Um, quick shout out to Backwoods Grind, backwoodsgrind.com. Their website smells like coffee. Do you, have you have you smelled their website? I smell you all the time. But if you go, even if you go website. from your cell phone, it smells like coffee. Smell-o-vision? Smell-o-vision. Holy shit. You just did it, man. If you want to check out Backwoods Grind, I highly encourage it, of course, because they are a title sponsor, and that's what feels the energy for the show. That's what I drink every single day. I, I'm really, that's all I drink now. You're ridiculous. There's nothing else. Um, if you want to save some money on their, on their coffee, uh, the sample packs are a great way to start. And if you enter in code W2HPODCAST, you'll save 10%. So that's great. And then, uh, Greg, what do you got? Well, you know what else is cool? These uh, spanky new Gumleaf USA boots. Uh, GumleafUSA.com. Uh, you want a little bit of money off? A pair of Gumleaf boots. Uh, W2H2019. Enter that code. What's that give them? Does that give them free, ship. free shipping? Free ship? I'm not saying free shit, guys. You're not getting anything for free. You're just getting free ship. S H I P is in Paul, not T is in Tom. Yeah. But I mean, you've you've put some more miles on your gum leaves than I have, right? Yeah, just a few. You've and been slacking, but for good reason. Y- yeah, it's difficult. Um, but they're like Crocs. So so t- t- time out, time out. Come I do have something on. to say. I did me. go to the pumpkin patch last Saturday. You went in your Crocs on Sunday. No, no, I went on Sunday. I wore my gum leaves. Well, that's I'm proud of you, I guess. To the pumpkin patch because they're the wellies; that. they're not insulated. You did that, and I wore mine off into the tag elder swamp. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I'll I'll post a picture." I wore my gum leaf wellies, my field wellies, which are not insulated, so I didn't get too hot in my feet. And it was like wearing Crocs that could handle some mud and some puddles. And by the way, my daughter loves Peppa Pig, and there's a whole thing on there about muddy puddles or whatever the hell. Guess what we did with my wellies? You were jumping in I muddy was puddles. jumping in muddy puddles with my daughter on my shoulders with my field like wellies. A little girl. That's right. Attaboy. So, you know what? You could hunt with them or you could jump in muddy puddles like Peppa Pig. Whatever you got to do. 
<laughs> so let's before we get into our topic of discussion, which is how to um, you know manage and hunt private property, which is different for me and the show. Uh, let's get into the Rut Club Radio. W2H Rut Club Radio. <laughs> Okay, this is the Rut Club Radio, and uh, this week we field a few calls. Few, I think, equals three, and that's how many we fielded. So there'll be a drawing for two callers because one of them is repeat, and we want to be fair. That being said, um, this segment is brought to you by Heated Hunts. Check out HeatedHunts.com. Take a look at the products. If you like what you see and you want to give it a go, you can get 15% off by entering code W2HPODCAST. Or every single Tuesday from 6 p.m. Central Standard to 6.30 p.m. Central Standard, you can call into the show like some of our folks have today for a chance to get entered into winning some of their products. Um, I always do the announcements the following day. So Wednesday evening when I get a chance, I'll pop on and do the, the wheel of winning and we'll select our winner. And then Heated Hunts will go ahead and ship off uh, whatever that product is for the week to that contestant, that that winner. So without further ado, let's get into the calls from Rut Club Radio. I'm going to bring in, uh, we got Trev. Trev, what up, Trev? You're live on the Where to Hunt Rut Club Radio. What's up, bro? What's up, man? I'm so happy to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you guys are You same, guys are by far the... You, like I just listen to your podcast more than any other podcast. I don't listen to my own, so there's that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get to listen to us talk. We don't talk about anything good, though, Eric. <laughs> no, but your format's great. Like the 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 news and like it's super interesting. You know, I'm like, man, I hope I produce interesting stuff. So, I, well, you know, thanks for calling, man. Uh, absolutely, man. I love this rut club thing. I've been looking forward to calling into it especially during uh, the hunting season. Yeah, so you, who got the buck last week? Was it you or D-Rock? Uh, D-Rock did, actually, yeah. We went to a spot, actually, where we actually had our first kill together ever. Uh, we went back in there, and D-Rock actually scored. Uh, we went in uh, to actually film together and get some footage, and D-Rock just had this, you know, this thought that, He's like, what's up over the hill over there? And I'm like, oh, that's the Oak Flat. I said, I hunt that normally during rut, but I haven't been up there in probably a year. And uh, so he went up there on a whim, and an hour after sitting in there, he finally um, he texted me and was like, oh, Joe just went by 40 yards with a skipper. Coming your way, no shot. And I was like, all right, I'm waiting. And about a half hour later, he goes, I just shot a spike horn. And I was like, no, no shit, shit, man. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely cool. We we definitely had a good time. So That's great. And you, you, a, so, actually a, a, I was going to say, just tell me how you sprayed him in the mouth with piss. Oh, so how this occurred was they had it was starting to get a little bit darker, and D-Rock was like, hey, man, you mind doing the duty, man, because we don't have a flashlight. And I was like, yeah, I can do it with my eyes closed. And, uh... So I start gutting the deer, and I took the balls and the and the penis, and I brought it down, and then I ended up cutting it. But I left the um the bladder sack in there, and I went to go get that out. And when I went 
to grab it, he was saying, oh, man, if I was to do this, I would have cut my hand off. I definitely needed a flashlight. And I grabbed a hold of the bladder or the piss sack, and I squeezed it by accident, and it squirted D-Rock right in the mouth as he was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking was, was listening at work, and I was, like, busting up. And I shared my office with someone now, and I was, like, trying not to, like, completely lose it when I heard that. Holy crap. It was, it was, it was priceless, and the first words out of his mouth are, I feel like that girl that got peed on by R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys got a buck. You got a buck. That's great. And, and you... Yeah. That's got to be... That's going to be a memorable thing forever, dude. The jokes that are coming from that from years past, that are, it's going to be great. Yeah, so it's been kind of cool. Two years or two seasons, two deer, same property together. So it's definitely memorable. Not the biggest deer throughout either season, but definitely a a fun time. Like you're saying, the memories have been made. That's great, man. That's great. So when are you getting out next? Uh, I just, I actually just walked out of the woods. Uh, I'm actually headed to grab some dinner. Um, Slow afternoon, not much movement. Heard a ton of acorns and beech nuts coming out of the trees, so that was good. Definitely some food. Uh, we got a big, uh, um, like, rain front coming for the next couple of days with heavy winds, so I don't think I'll okay. be able to get out until probably after the weekend. Yeah, you want to have good blood trails and that kind of stuff. Well, dude, thanks for calling in, man. Yeah. Um, just for sake of time That's and cool. stuff. Um, I got a couple actually landing behind you here, and we'll try to give everybody an opportunity to win. So you're in the drawing. Thanks for calling in, dude. I'm, I love hearing from you, and thanks hey. for supporting the show. Absolutely, brother, and I'll be tuning in after dinner for uh, for the actual podcast. Rock on, bro. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Have a good night, yeah. Eric. Later, brother. You too. Bye. All right, so we're going to jump into our next caller, do, 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 do. Kyle from Hudson. Kyle, you're live on the Rut Club Radio. You are our big winner from last week. What's the, I don't know if I can draw you again this week, actually. That you might, you Eric, that's all right, man. Stocking up. That I don't need to worry about the drawing. I was just very excited because uh, drove past a handful of farms and soybeans are coming out of the fields up here. Okay. So uh, so starting to everything's kind of getting colder up here. So getting excited because uh, Hudson, Wisconsin is like, if I look at my hand here, right, where, where, where am I looking at on, on the map? You're Northwest. So I'm right on the border of Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, if you take 94 up from Eau Claire all the way into Minnesota, we're right on the border there. Got it. So. Okay. And so you said soybeans are coming up or out or Explain because I'm yep. pretty dumb. They're har- they're starting to harvest soybeans out of the fields. So good thing is is uh I mean basically food sources are coming out of the fields. Obviously the uh just watch two does run across the field and I mean they'll be hitting the soybean fields for the next couple of days picking up all the scraps, but uh food sources are getting taken out. So next thing to go is corn and then we'll start pushing to uh probably whatever's uh dropping from the trees and stuff like that so okay but uh that's kind of cool man it, so trev was just saying so he's on the east coast he's saying acorns are dropping he's hearing that happen um soybeans are coming out so they're gonna try to pick up the scraps so really it's a matter of trying to do a little bit of patterning with food sources and where these deer are gonna be going for that because like the early 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 season it's a smorgasbord they can go anywhere for food and now 
it's going to start to change a little bit as things kind of start to die off. Yeah, they'll be. I mean, from up up by us now, they'll kind of be playing that grid pattern game of just jumping field to field, um, you know, and tr- trying to go to food sources and stuff like that. But the nice thing is, is when there's not so much pickings around, they gotta, you know, kind of go on those travel corridors, which is kind of perfect for where I hunt. I mean, it's a travel corridor, so it's kind of perfect. But like I said, I just watched two does. Um, haven't really seen any bucks move around. Um, I saw a little fork. Uh, about uh, last week, um, but other than that, I mean, I know it's October low, but I've been seeing those move. Haven't really seen anything in the morning. I kind of I sat out uh, Saturday morning, didn't see anything in the morning, but the after- evenings, um, just been staying in the house with the kids. Uh, wife works second shift, but unfortunately, but uh, been seeing them move at night, so. Um, kind of just waiting when I can do an afternoon set, but Perfect. it is what it is, man. Perfect. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good report, so. dude. Thank you. That's, that's what we're looking for. Um, so yeah, Rock but, on. uh, yeah, I Rock just want to call in quick. And, uh, like I said, man, getting excited, seeing stuff starting to move and everything like that. So, uh, I'll jump off so you can go on to some other callers, but, uh, I'll be listening yeah, I think later. One just popped on so. and popped off. That's why I had the stutter there. So I'll, if I pop off, maybe that'll that'll get them to come back in. But, dude, thanks for calling, and thanks for being a listener and supporting the show. I know you and I are chatting more and more as, as we kind of get into the season, so thanks for, for jumping in, man. No problem. Have a good night, Eric. Take it easy. All right, you too, bud. See ya. All right, bye. Long-time listener, first-time caller. What's up, Kulas? Hey, what's up, dude? How are your legs doing? Mike and I just did a, a leg session at the gym. It was fucking terrible. It was really terrible. My legs, I, I'm I having can't a hard move time. Right. <laughs> it's not good, but we'll be the guys dragging the deer out of the woods this gun season faster than everybody else. We'll be like the deer mules. Dude, I'm going to put that fucker on my shoulders. Yeah, I wouldn't do that during gun season. You might get shot. <laughs> well, I got a lot of orange on. I think, I'd love to see you deadlift a deer, though. I think we can work that out. I could probably do that. <laughs> I bet you could. I mean, how much, how much thing, like if we get, I mean, if you shoot an average deer, let's just say it weighs anywhere from like, I don't know, what's the average deer weight? A hundred to 200 pounds, 200 be fucking huge, gutted maybe. If let's put a deer on your shoulders and let's have you freaking squat that thing. And then we'll put it up to the okay, a tonner page. <laughs> I'm uh, challenge accepted. <laughs> You just got to shoot a deer first. No, I, you gotta, we got to get you to shoot a deer. And yeah, we'll tell you what, whoever, any deer anybody shoots, you get to you get to squat it. Hell yeah. Good challenge. I like it. I like it. I can't wait to try it when I get my big buck are you, this year. Are you planning on doing any bow hunting? I mean, the season is active now. And then it looked like we're not going gun hunting till mid to late I'm November, not- but the week before Thanksgiving. So you have some time. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm thinking about it. I've just been kind of just lazy about it, I guess, this year. And so, and I usually, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really not that well-versed in bow hunting yet, so I think more of the You're gun learning. hunting is me, but I'm learning, but I do want a crossbow after I got to shoot Alex's that one year. That was pretty cool. thing was very yeah, accurate. And, uh-huh. Yeah. It definitely it makes was, it a lot the, easier. It would have been good. it would have been you know, better if my first experience of uh, bow hunting wasn't getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. 
Yeah, I feel bad for that. I tried to correct it by taking a later season the, the one or two times, and then I think you'd seen one of the biggest bucks of your life, and the cam, oh, yeah. the string came off the cam. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was, I would have, like, contemplated was, stabbing it with the arrow at that point. I don't know. That <laughs> sucks, dude. You remember me saying that. I was, like, I was literally ready just to run with the arrow and just see if I could be, like, fuck, just try to tackle it or something, because yeah. it was... I know it wouldn't happen, but, you know, I was just dreaming, <laughs> wishing. I wish, you know, and honestly, maybe we go there again, too. Like, that's a, that's a fun spot to go. We went to, uh, I mean, we're not guarded about where we go. We went to Manchez Park here in Wisconsin, and you saw a, a big buck and then a little buck. And so you got to compare yep. it and say, no, that was a big one, then a doe. Or was it the doe, then the little, then the big? How was the order? I think you saw the doe first. I think it was the, no, it was the doe and then the little and then the big. It was like a... Yeah, it's kind of just like it looked like a family kind of walking through in a way how it worked. It was weird, but well, what what it probably was, it was, was a yeah, hot doe and heat, and then they were fucking on her like, Ooh, we want to breed that, we want to breed that doe. Right. I mean, the only big, the other biggest uh, buck I've seen was on, you know, Shane's dad's place. So, but he's got that deer farm. Those are all that. Yeah, yeah, and that was like, but in the wild, that was probably the biggest. It was amazing. Yeah, that's exciting. You get your heart pumping. It makes you go, oh, my God, they are real. They do exist. And right. I could actually have a shot at one. So, yeah, we got to get you into a crossbow. we got to get you over to Whale Tails or Buck Rub or West Town or something. I think Whale Tails Absolutely. is probably, not Whale Tails, but Buck Rub is probably closest to where you're at. Yeah, that would be. Well, dude, thanks for calling into the freaking show. Out. Man. Yeah, we man. got uh, three minutes to go. You're qualified to win a heated hunt. Uh, I think we're going to do a shirt or a hat this week. So you saw me wearing that at the gym today, actually. Oh, yeah, I did. Yep, that was a nice hat. Hell, yeah. So, all right, bud. Well, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. We'll be back on at 7 o'clock for the, the real show. Uh, this is just a segment. So if you're around, then pop back in. You don't have to call or anything, but I appreciate it, bud. We'll see you on I'm Thursday good, at the gym. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, up next is our guest of the week and our, our topic of the week. Our guest of the week is Jeff Whitcop with Low Creek Outdoors. And our topic is how to hunt and manage private property and what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of private property over public land. And, uh, you know, before we get into that, I wanted to play a message from one of our previous guests, Sam Solholt with Public Land Tees. There's few people that are doing really great things for conservation. It's something I'm trying to do more with, and I'm trying to solve that uh, equation or puzzle actively and working towards what I think is, is something that I can do to make an impact. Uh, but here's what Sam is doing with Public Land Tees. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam Sohold. I am the co-owner of Public Land Tees. If you didn't already know, $5 from every single item we sell goes directly back to conservation. So last week I took $2,500 out of that donation fund and I went out and I bought 100 federal duck stamps. Now by law, 98% of that money I just spent has to go directly back to conservation. But I don't want to stop there. The goal of this Stamp It Forward project is to see how many of these stamps I can buy this fall. But I can't do it alone. I'm going to need your help to do it. So I'm asking you if you would like to pay it forward or stamp it forward to your fellow sportsmen or women to send me $25 directly, and for every single $25 donation that I receive, I will go out and I will buy additional duck stamps. On top of that, starting on October 19th, at publiclandtees.com, we will be giving away a free duck stamp with every single order. 
So thank you in advance. I cannot wait to see how much money we raise collectively for the world of conservation. That's pretty incredible. There's not a lot of folks doing stuff like this. As you're all aware, um, this is a bold move, and it's really cool to kind of see. So it'll be interesting to see where this movement of Stamp It Forward goes. Um, Sam had shared his personal information on how to pay him. His Venmo, if you're interested, um, is Sam, S-A-M, his last name, Soholt, S-O-H-O-L-T. And then his PayPal is publiclandtees at gmail.com if you're interested in in helping with conservation. So let's go ahead and get into our episode. Our guest today is Jeff Whitcock. I said your name correctly, with Low Creek Outdoors, and you're actually an Oconomowoc native. We met at your rummage sale last summer, and so I'm happy to bring you on to the show, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. And if I had a better setup, I'd bring you here, and you could you could cash some beers with us. Um, That's right. But we, <laughs> Why don't you take a second and tell the audience who who you are, what you're about, um, what Low Creek is, and um, kind of take the wheel from here for a minute. Absolutely. Well, um, I have a business called Low Creek Outdoors. It's a family company. I've got a 16-year-old son and a 12-year-old son, as well as my wife. Um, we're all avid outdoorsmen and enjoy the outdoors in many facets, um, but most uh, is, the, is the hunting part of it. And we formed the company about a year and a half ago, and really it was just kind of just to you know share our stories with with others out there through social media and YouTube and whatnot. And uh, along the way, we picked up some some great partners. Um, we're not sponsored by any means, but we just um, use and promote the products that we've used for the last uh, 30 years. In my case, um, been hunting for a long time, and this will be my uh, 30th bow season here in Wisconsin. And it, it kind of uh, come full circle where um, I started at the age of 12, and now my sons are around that age and enjoying it just as I did uh, so many years ago. So it, it's been a nice uh, endeavor to kind of get involved more in depth with the industry, and it just met, met a ton of great people uh, like yourself, and it, it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. That's cool to hear. I, I, so now I have a son, right? He's a whopping two weeks old. And I can't wait for the days when I can bring him into the field and he can help me. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's surreal watching how their enthusiasm, um, they just gravitate towards things that, that mom and dad are doing. And uh, with today's age, there's so many different toys and toys for almost every avenue. Um, my kids had all the different hunting toys you can get, the little mini figurines of Michael Wydell and the Duck Commander guys. But from the ages of, of one and up, they've been dreaming hunts. They've they filmed their own hunting shows using toys and their their iPods at the time. Uh, it, it's been a blast. So you're you're in for a, you're in for a treat. It's a different world. It, that's a whole topic in and of itself. I mean, thinking about us doing podcasts and self filming like. The kids coming into it, they're going to change the industry in a major way um, in the coming years. You know, I think what they can do with things is going to be far greater than our ability. You know, Absolutely. we're a bunch of old dudes. And right. I don't feel right. old. You know, like I'm a young 33 <laughs> and these kids are going to run circles around me. 
Yeah, they'll be able to pick up the camcorder and know exactly what every button does and how to how to set the filters right and everything without even probably lifting a hand to look at a manual. Exactly. Exactly. It took me a while to figure out how to use a GoPro and, and all this and that. It'll be the iPhone thirty at that point and it'll be like <laughs> it's just it's a drone, right? And you just it probably grows some wings and you hit a button and it flies out and films for you or something like that, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, it's been crazy. Um, I'm sure I've got some VHS tapes somewhere of my first uh, harvest or tracks, um, but I don't have anything to play it with anymore, so I don't know if that does me any good. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun watching these kids and, and just being able to share their hunts and experiences, you know, live from the tree if you want. Um, that's just crazy. Yep. Who would ever thought that? It is an interesting world. I remember when that stuff started coming out, I thought this is going to be the world that we live in. And there's be a lot of first movers, but now it's been commoditized. And cell coverage is, you know, I, there's still a lot of remote places, but there's, not, there's a lot of not remote places where you can just fire that stuff up. Right. Absolutely. So, so um, go, uh, go ahead. No, uh, go, go ahead. If there's a little bit more you want to unpack there, please. No, I was just going to mention that, um, you know, initially when I first started hunting, um, it was all public land. We didn't have any um, land in the family or any permission from friends um, to access private. So uh, my early years were spent in the Jackson County, Wisconsin forest on county and state land uh, pursuing whitetail. And it wasn't until I met my wife um, and we got married in 99, uh, and she has... Uh, private land in her family so since then um i've been concentrating more mostly on private land um and so I, I've you had your eyes set on her a long time before you got married then yeah yeah I, <laughs> we uh we met in college at uh, fox valley tech uh, we were both studying to be um in the game warden program there oh wow that's awesome cool. yeah i chose a different career path early um but she, she finished out the program there and graduated so that's where we had met. So uh, kind of interesting, and, and it just so worked out that she was um, from the area that I had grown up hunting, um, you know, within 20 minutes of where I'd been coming up my whole life. So it was one of those small world moments. It is interesting that you said Jackson County. That's where my dad and my uncle cut their teeth chasing, chasing whitetails in the 60s and 70s. Uh, I don't know how yeah. many stories I've heard of, you know, seeing – 30, 40 does and on opening morning and really looking hard to find a buck to shoot. And yeah. some bucks weren't very prevalent and they weren't big either. If you had a, a spiker or a forkhorn, that was a good deer. Right. And that's How many times did I... you play the song, I'm going to Jackson on your way there? <laughs> <laughs> Too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Jackson. I'd be so happy to hear that song if that's right. You're on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good part of the state. Um, a lot of public land to hunt up there, um, a lot of acreage, but it's it's tough hunting. And, and to your point, uh, the big deer are hard to come by at times. But if you work hard enough and go in deep enough, you can find some pretty good pretty good deer there. Yep, so. that's cool. So so that was so you got married in '99, and then you know, did you wait to get access to the private land to be like, this is not why I married you? <laughs> Or did you, did you no. get after like right away? <laughs> I had to make sure she let me on before I got married. So oh, that was a good, good thinking. <laughs> right. No, it, it just so happens that she is passionate about the outdoors as well. And, um, you know, we 
we started doing our hunting together on on public, and then um, eventually moved moved our stands to to her land because I just had grown up in public. That's what I knew. I knew what the deer were doing. I knew where to go. And uh, eventually, we just said, "Well, let's just start your hunting your family land," and and that's what we did. And uh, that's that's been an interesting transition. Um, but they got their pros and cons. Uh, the biggest con is that you don't have thousands of acres to go run around on. You know, we're we're in a landlocked forty, so you don't have the acreage to to play with. So when the wind's not right, you just hunt because you're on 40 acres it doesn't matter if you're on north side what side you're on if the wind's not right you still hunt and that was probably the biggest change i had to learn to adapt to is how are we going to manage our scent and our approach to get on this property that's landlocked and not blow every deer out of the bedding area in the process Um, so that was a big learning curve but we've we've conquered that i think and uh, we've we've taken some really good deer over the years and, and we see a lot of deer um for the most part, during each hunt, so it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, some of the things that I've I've learned is my, my scent control process had to change. Um, so now it's it's scent control in the shower. You know, using the proper soap, shampoos. Um, you know, even going as far as is what um, toothpaste you're using, the, the deodorants and. It was, I think it was 2007. I started using Scentlock clothing, and uh, that's been a big factor in our in our hunt. And um, now my now all my family wears it. My wife, my kids, you know, making sure that everybody's taking their showers, using an unscented towel to dry off, you know, keeping your clothes, you know, in airtight bags, um, using ozone as needed. Um, and it's really made a big difference. I feel in the amount of deer we see. And even though they're downwind, they're still not not winding us. Every once in a while, you get one, but for the most part, it's it's night and day difference. And that's, uh, that's interesting. That's I um, use a lot of those soaps when I was like, younger, and, and and even still to this day. But to me, it's it's almost nostalgic because I don't use those soaps until hunting season, right? And, right. And I'm not trying to spray on. The deodorant that I use, or I say spray, I use a spray deodorant. It like it has a, it's a pretty strong fragrant smell. Are you an axe man? No, <laughs> I'm the dove. I'm a dove man. I do like the, the the dove for men, and I spray. I like the stuff that doesn't leave the stain. But I'm just saying, like, you have to think twice before you're going to spray yourself down with that, especially in bow season, right? Do you use yeah. that stuff? The soap? Or are you just a wind guy? I'm a wind guy. I've got public land on my side where I can pick and choose places to go and hunt. So I play the yeah. wind a lot more. But I used to get, because I had small pieces, Yep. and I used to try and get fanatical about it, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And when you know those pieces either sold or I decided not to pursue hunting on them anymore, mm-hmm. public land was there, and I just... Less of a concern. Yeah, less of a concern. I never would have thought... You know, it's so funny. As public land hunters, there's this some sort of viewpoint of if only I had private land, you know, and because then you can have it to yourself. The big challenge with public is the other hunters, I think, among other things. But other hunters, other hikers. I wouldn't have thought of having a small tract of land, scent control being one of the more important things to consider. Now, I'll take all the advantages I can get. 
You know, the reason I call myself the okayest hunter because, like, <laughs> if there's something that I could mess up, believe me, I'll mess it up. You guys have all watched this podcast, so you you know. But um, I got my hands on a scent crusher bag, and I think the scent control piece is good. I leverage it and get some other advantages out of it where I'm not having to wash my clothes all the time, which is a blocker for me because I'm a guy and I hate laundry. So the the less I have to wash clothes, um, the more I'm going to get out. And so I just I just crush my clothes in that bag, and I'm good. I'll, I'll just be good to go. I'll wear the same clothes all season by just doing that. And it does a better job than my washing machine, I think. It does. It's amazing. Last year was the first year we started using ozone, and I was amazed at what it does. Not only for hunting, but just around the home in general. It takes out the odor. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So, okay. So, what else? So, you've been hunting that private property um, for about 20 years, right? If my math is correct, it's 1999. Yep. You get you get started some access to that maybe a little before, and it's 2019 now, right? 20 right. years of that, do you still hunt public, too, or are you pretty married to that plot? We are pretty married to that plot. Um, the, the public land, there's not a whole lot nearby um, where our private is as far as public goes. So the opportunities to get to a piece um, fairly easy aren't really there. And we kind of look at it like, hey, you know, we've got our opportunity on this piece. Why are we going to go in here and mess up this guy's hunt? So we, it's more of respecting than anything to kind of stay out of there. Um, in addition to the 40 acres that we have, um, her grandmother has a 400-acre farm about 25 miles from there. So that's kind cool. of our secondary place to hang out. Um, and that's more agri- it's agricultural but wooded as well. And uh, that's kind of where we we do a lot of our gun hunting and whatnot. It's but probably we, more kind of family piece, where, where yeah. you probably have brothers and cousins and things like that there, and everybody spreads right. out more. Exactly, exactly. So we we don't do a whole lot of public anymore, um, and it's just because we just choose not to. It's we know of some great spots that are, are great for deer hunting, um, but we just stick to our own land and leave the, the rest for others. Now, are you doing food plots on that property too? You know, we have in the past, and it's more of their access trails, their old logging roads that we've kept maintained, and we've, we've had some great years where the yield is outstanding um, and the deer hit them hard, but we've had other years where you put all that work in and it, it's too wet and you get nothing, and we just decided to... Um, not waste the time and money per se because it is fairly shaded in that that property, um, and we, we don't do anymore. We, we basically concentrate on the acorn mast, and um, you know follow follow that as much as we can with our stand sets, and that seems to be be doing okay. Um, it'd be nice to do more food plots. They're a labor of love, that's for sure. <laughs> they are, hard. you know. Yeah, a lot of freaking. Yeah, hard. you got a lot of. You it really is. Like to do them. And, you know, we spent a lot of time with, you know, getting the lime and, and the pH up to where it needs to be. And the minute we hit that 7.0 mark, the grass kicked in super heavy. And we're, you know, two hours and 45 minutes away. So you can't maintain it on a weekly basis. Oh. So you get up there, you know, and three weeks later and you got a hay field and your, your clover's all, you know, drowned out and whatnot. So it was, it was kind of tough and we were throwing a lot of money at it. And we decided, you know, let's just hunt the natural food here and make that work. And that's what we've done. So, but it's, uh, so, it's been a nice change. 
you know, to be on, on, on a private. Um, like I said, it's a small tract, so you still, it kind of feels like you're on public still because you got a lot of neighbors, um, you know, a lot of guys hunting close by. So there's, there's still that respect level you have to have with everybody and, and kind of communication is a big key, whether you're on public or private, you know, making friends with the local hunters and, and letting everybody know, hey, you know, it's okay if it, if you wound a deer and it comes over here, even during season, you know, you have full right to track that, and then you ask for that same permission back. And nine times that's, out of ten, you'll get that. That's good that you're able to do that. I was going to ask that question. How, how's your relationship with your neighbors around the area? If if you guys are all cool with letting each other track a wounded deer or, or yep. uh, using, using the property to access a point or something. Yeah. And, and that doesn't come without some hard work and uh, some For sure. Maybe some favors, right, time. and some chores. <laughs> yeah, you got to help somebody all the time. But comes for the most part, everybody cares about the animals. And uh, I've only been told no once, and that was from um, a, a landowner a few 40s over when we were tracking a deer once that we were not allowed to enter. But that's the only time. Everybody else has been great. Good year. Yeah. So, so what? Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I could just keep interrupting. I'm really good at it. Uh, oh. My wife always <laughs> says, I'm "Sorry, did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours?" So, um, sure. I'll let you well, go on. You mentioned access, and being that we're landlocked, um, we had to have a good relationship with the neighbors to access our piece. And we've always had uh, the one neighbor. He's been outstanding. Um, he wouldn't even care if we drove our truck back there to hunt every day, but we had to go up a 40 through his 40 to get to our 40. And we decided from day one, we're not going to do that. So we're going to walk. And if you want anything to kill your, your scent free strategy, try walking in hunting clothes and size 13 boots for 40 (laughs) minutes. It was killing me. And you get to the base of the tree and you're soaking wet with sweat, you know, and he was like, I just did all this scent preparation for nothing. And yeah. it was it was really becoming problemsome. And it, the only other option was to drive. And I said, we cannot drive across this land. He's bull hunting. We're not going to screw up his hunt. Um, so I have did that for, well, I guess I did it for 19 years. And I'm 42 now. And it got to the point where that walk got to be so long. It was like, geez, somewhere to would be like, eh, I'm just going to stay in bed. And I, I decided there's got to be a better way for this. And last year we incorporated the use of electric bikes to access our property. And that has been a major game changer, um, specifically for the, the fact that you don't sweat. You can get close to your stand. You dump the bike over in the grass or briars. You know, your vehicle disappears, and then you walk, you know, the, the 150 yards to your tree. And that has been a major change for us, and uh, we saw immediate improvements with the amount of deer we saw last year. So that was uh, that was kind of a cool experience to witness and, you know, to come up with a plan, put it together, and then have it work. Uh, that was pretty neat. And which bikes are you guys using? We use a quiet cat. Um, I, met, I met those guys, um, I think it was early 18. They're out of Eagle, Colorado, and um, they've been great for us. Um, they 
they're big mountain bikers and bikers themselves, so they they do things on mountain bikes I would never dream of doing out, out in the mountains out there. They're you know they're hard on their equipment, so the deciding factor to go with their brand is that you know the, the components they choose and, and the, the frame quality, you know all, all the weld contacts and whatnot. Uh, just the, these things are built like a tank, and um, so that's why we chose them, and we actually um, have three of them now so that we, we can access our property from different uh, areas and you don't have to go in at the same point and then walk through the whole land. You can have, you know, two guys enter on the north side and another guy come up on the south. So what once took 35 minutes 30 or 40, now it takes five. And wow. you get in there in the dark, they make a, a red light you put on the handlebars so you can sneak in and you know, appear black in the morning. And um, they don't make a whole lot of noise. You'll still have leaf noise, obviously. But you don't have that scent trail of a human walking through. And they don't know what you are. They haven't put two and two together yet. When you've, we've rode past deer that have been standing there, you know, during like, the day. Wait, I mean, they're pretty curious animals. They're probably like, wait a second, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. They stare at you <laughs> like, what is that? Was that a circus bear on a bike? <laughs> so... That's that's been a huge game changer for us. Not only that, but I used to feel trapped because I'd be like, get out there and the deer aren't moving, and I'm like, I don't want to walk 40 minutes out, get, get to the truck, go back in for an hour, walk 40 minutes back in, because you have to shower every time. You can't get sweaty and then not shower. At least that was that was our rule, and we just decided that you know we're going to invest in these bikes. And it's it's been the best decision that I've made on hunting equipment uh, in a long time. So There's a lot been... of questions that are going to follow this this thought. I'll let you fire yeah. up first. Well, you said that you uh, you look like a circus bear riding a, a, a pedal bike <laughs> through the woods. They look like they're heavy enough to to carry a uh, circus bear with how big the tires are. I mean, yeah, I mean they they look like they're well built, pretty heavy duty aluminum frame. Yeah, I'm assuming. Like yeah, um, they have a 300 pound capacity. Um, we've had way, way, we've had way more on them. You know, with with people gear. Sure. They they have trailers that you can attach to it to haul your game out or bring your tree stands and cushions in. So it it's not only practical and effective, but it's just fun. <laughs> it's just. I was kinda... gonna say that, that's it. I'm so glad you said that. That's where I was gonna jump in. They're fun, yeah. but. How how long how much fun can you have on one? What's the time frame on something like that? I mean, obviously it's going to vary on on you know the grade of the terrain and if you're mud right. or what you're how fast you're going that kind of thing. Yeah, you know if if you're in normal temperatures, obviously you know winter time with any lithium battery, your your yeah. battery time is less. But they claim it's it's 20 miles unassisted, so without any pedaling, you can go 20 miles, and that's. I'm sure they're calculated in gear number, you know, mode number one on flat terrain. But sure. we'll get a whole weekend out of it and still have oh, wow. half a charge left. I, yeah. I bet you if you're if you're if you're hauling a deer out of there, that's gonna that's gonna. So I have an electric lawnmower now, which is fun. I have the right okay. heavy things. It's battery powered, right? I don't know if that's similar tech to what the the bikes are doing, the quiet cats. Um, you know, but it takes me three batteries to cut my whole property, and I've got about a half an acre or whatever it is, um, or, or quarter of an acre, I should say. Um, will that thing recharge from pedaling it? It does it's not. not a Tesla. Oh. 
It does not. Maybe yeah. a Tesla did a bike. You never know. They're making <laughs> pickup trucks. Yeah, if you hit the brakes, it recharges the battery on the car, right? The electric space is just it's changing. I think we're going to see a lot of changes. That's a whole different topic, I think. But um, the, the, going back to the fun thing, I see those bikes, and it's like I'm like teleported back to my childhood. My eyes light up. I mean, it, it's the one thing that's got to justify the price take on these damn things, just to be able to ride a freaking bike with that big of tires through the woods. And then you throw the electric child. motor on it, like yeah, well that's true. It's it's I'm pretty excited about that part of this conversation, man. It I mean, when you got those so you have the two you have your two sons, right? Do they each have one of these bikes? Or do they share one or what does that look like? Nope. I think we lost him. I think his call dropped. Uh let's See if he'll call back in here, or I can try to call him back. There you go. I have his number. Stand by, folks. I got all excited, and he hung up on me. Just kidding. Let's see here. He couldn't handle your excitement. Uh huh. So let's see. I can think I can do an outbound call. Yes, I can. Phone number. I won't say it out loud. killed his battery, didn't you? <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Battery died. It sounds calling. I'd say that's... Maybe it's not a first, but definitely doesn't... This doesn't happen too often. Just like last week. I tell you, ma'am. You've reached the voicemail of Jeff Whitcop. Please leave a message. Hmm. I never hear it ring, but... If you, add it, you don't hear the ring sound effect? Mm-hmm. It's just ringing. Um, we all just a text. We lost you. Technical difficulties, folks. Hang on. Look, if you're if you're a real podcaster, you have technical problems. I'm just saying. That's how it actually works. <clears throat> so I'll just respond to some comments here until Jeff calls back in, but it looks like Elijah commented, oh, yeah, as a kid, that would be the bomb. <laughs> You're damn right. And then Elijah had commented a minute ago before that. that you, oh, so you've been thinking about getting a mountain bike. So I have a shitty old Trek mountain bike that I've considered taking in the woods. It doesn't have an electric motor, right? I feel like that would be a Schwinn. Well, Trek. Does it, come with, does it come with a Schlitz? It might. What, Schlitz holder? Schlitz and a Schwinn? Yeah. yeah, I'll take a Schlitz and a Schwinn. I'm going to go hunt. What about what runs with Trek? What kind of beer? Beck? Oh, there we go. I'll have a Beck and a Trek. <laughs> Take a Trek. <laughs> I just may have some hay down by the bay. Hey, what do you say? Oh, God. That's what I'm going for here. It's right. going so fast. Let's just try to... <laughs> I've only had one and a half glasses of scotch. It can't be that bad. And a bush latte? Yeah, I did have a bush latte earlier. I forgot about that. Like drinking water pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. That's what that is. Let's try one more time. If we don't get Jeff back, Greg and I will just take over. Uh, hopefully, we get him back. Though. You've reached the voicemail of Jeff Whitcop. Please leave a message. Strange. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. So, did it, do you think his phone died? His phone must have died if it's going straight to voicemail. That could be. 
That could be what happened. Did um, message you back? No, I haven't heard back. Well, we can talk about the bikes for a little bit, and if he calls back in, um, he very well may, and we can just bring him right back on. You know, the, I was just saying, they sound like a ton of fun. Well, they sound handy for, you know, especially if a person's handicapped. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be able to use them public land to access a whole lot, but for sure, private land where anything goes. Well, could you use it on public land? Because is uh, it technically classified as a motor vehicle or not? I can tell you that some of the lands that I have, uh, there's signs right up that say no no motor vehicle traffic, no wheeled vehicle traffic. Hmm. So you're not pedaling a bike back in any of these spots that, that I hunt. What if it's just a regular bike? You're not pedaling it. It's just too hard? No, they just don't want that back there. Interesting. I don't think they want, like, some of these areas, it could be due to, you know, wildlife preservation. I just can't see why they would try to limit it to... Foot traffic. Foot traffic only. Mm-hmm. Well, I see horses back there. Oh, we do have a caller, so we'll bring Kyle in. Uh, Kyle, you're you're a regular. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, we Greg, how's it going? Guest. Sure I know, I heard. So, technical difficulties as usual. I don't know that it's a technical difficulty. I think his phone died. I mean, you might call that, but it's not an RN. Well, for a change. For well, a change. <laughs> it, it's still technology, so wouldn't it be technical <laughs> difficulty? It's still technical not difficulty. valid. Yep. <laughs> hey, so yeah, I got a question. I know he was talking yeah. about um, sun control and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, I'm, um, and I know everybody's talking about like the um, sun crusher bags, and I know there's other companies and everything that have now the the ozone bags and the closets and everything like that. Um, I have a legit ozone machine that'll clear out like a room and stuff like that. Like, I mean, all pets, doesn't animals. That, ev- doesn't that smell drive you nuts? It belongs in the the the, the, the show Dexter, I think. <laughs> it's a it's weird smell, but I mean, it'll totally kill all the air out. And like, I mean, you'll see all the bugs on the ground because it definitely takes all the. O2 out of the the room and everything like that. My question is, I mean, could, would that be a valid thing to use for like my hunting gear if I put it up in like a closet and closed it off, or is that different than like the scent pressure bags? Because I know they have like the ozone go and stuff like that that you can put in a truck. But sure, is, funny thing you asked the same question because I did. I'm kind of I come from the HVAC industry, so. I'd go into houses a lot, and some of these people would have an ozone maker cooking in the basement, <laughs> and you could smell it, you know, that tinny smell that it makes. And I know of guys that were putting it, building their own closets and putting stuff in there. You could smell it, and I remember talking to one guy. I knew he was big into hunting, and I said, you have an ozone machine in there? Yeah, it kills all the stuff off my clothes. Well, it, I don't know what else was in those clothes, but some of his clothes were having some sort of reaction. I don't know what the fabric was or if it was the rubber and some of the, the linings, like around the cuffs or well, something. Well, I had T&K on a couple apart. weeks ago, and he said that, you know, if you use the ozone products, don't with his stuff because it would degrade the material that he's using. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful yeah, with certain it, things. Like the, these, it, this, it, this ozone product is used um, out it, in eastern countries. That's what they use to sanitize medical equipment. Yeah, and then they just decided to brand it to hunting. So like it's pretty powerful stuff. Ozone and UV. 
were always big things for for sanitizing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so we do have hey guys, I'm back. Jeff. You're you're back, right? Yes. Yeah, I heard heard the ozone question. Great question. Um, natural rubbers do not like ozone, um, so you got to be really oh, careful. You know, suspenders. I know guys have have roached their suspenders, and yep. a big a big part of it is you're, they're overcooking it. You don't need a ton of ozone to be effective. Um, yeah. Like mine, That's when I put mine, my I after a half hour, I'm like, let's crank it up until I probably calm down. <laughs> yeah, more is not more is not better. Um, and I think with with the stuff that's specifically made for hunting, it's putting it out in the right amount of dose. Mm-hmm. Where yes. like I was telling you, the the folks that would they'd have a home ozone maker that they put in the basement to kill the cat litter smell or something. They put one they put one of those in, you know, they home make a closet and all of a sudden you look at their hunting clothes and all the rubber's falling apart on it. So yep. it's just too much of a dose. So they've done their homework on how much of a dose they need for ozone to make right. it work properly. Kill just the right amount of scent, but not affect the rest of the synthetic fabrics or natural fabrics that reacts to it. Exactly. Um, I have a Oz 500 unit that's in a gear bag, and it gets five minutes. So before I get in the shower, I, I turn it on. And by the time I'm out of the shower and dried off, that that ozone has done its job and it's dissipated um, back to oxygen. And that's all it takes for me using that product. Hmm. That's good to know. Yeah. Kyle, good question. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I definitely appreciate it, guys. Yeah, because like like I said, I know the one we have, it's a a commercial-grade unit. And I know, like, like I said, it'll clear out a room. Definitely. So I was just wondering if I put it in a closet and kind of sealed everything. But, yeah, good thing I know because, yeah, I mean, you can put it up to like a, a two-hour cycle or you can even put it on a hold where it'll go the whole time. So, yeah, I was just kind of wondering, and I figured that it was, um, you know, there's different grades and everything to it. And I know it's, I think it's 6,000 some some number um, on it. I have to look at it again. But, um you know, it, I was just wondering if that's one thing I could use or if it's, you know, the ozone dose, stuff like that, if that's, you know, a total lot less yeah. dose and stuff like that that makes it acceptable to use. Definitely a smaller dose. And I'm sure a Google search should probably get you, as they always say, Google it. Yeah. But don't Google medical problems. <laughs> don't Google medical, medical problems. Everything is death. Because you're guaranteed to die. <laughs> There's a few other things you probably shouldn't Google. That's my one. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I'll uh, listen on. Have a good one. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. All right. Me. Yep. Bye. Adios. Yeah, so we're not sure. We Jeff, we lost you for a second. I tried to call you back a couple of times, but I'm glad you made it back in. Um, you know, I'm the king of technical problems over here, so we're, we got a lot of technology in this room. Not so thanks problem. for making your way back on. He was going to start an open mic night over here if you didn't come back. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. So if anybody does have questions on bikes, I can I can definitely help you answer. Um, but if you guys want to try one out, just let me know. We'll get together and we'll get you on. One. Ooh. Again, you're they in a car walk. That, that right. sounds like a good idea. Yeah. You know, in fact, uh, Quiet Cat came to Deerfest um, this past you're fall, right. and you were uh, they there. had to. Were you there? Yeah, I was running the demo booth with my family out back, and we had uh, five bikes that they brought, and we had over 150 people try 
try them out, and, and they could ride as long as they wanted back there in the fairgrounds. There was not one person that came back unhappy. We had a blast. Well, they also had a huge smile on their face, too, maybe a couple bugs in their teeth. Yeah, right, right. Well, that's it. It's Um, electronic. The pedaling, it it happens. It's just kind of, is it like an assist? It is. You can pedal it as a bike. You suppose you You can pedal it as a bike and then, or use it as an assist if the electric motor can't keep up if it's dying low on battery, hey? Correct. You can use strictly pedal, you can use strictly battery, or you can do a combination of both. Um, I just use batteries because we're not going a a huge distance. Um, But you can... If you need a little boost to get up a hill, you can pedal at the same time. Um, what you'll find is, you know, you'll see some out there for half the price. Well, it, it's all about the components and it's about the motor. And there, there's basically two different types. There's the hub drive, where basically it's just a motor the, on the back wheel that the battery activates that motor, and that's what propels the bike. And then there's called mid drive, and that is in the middle of the bike, and that's actually turning the gear that your pedal is attached to. So you can use a mid-drive to get a lot more torque, and that's what's recommended for heavier guys or, or to get up inclines a lot easier, uh, to go farther and ha- handle their body weight. So we have two mid-drives and one hub drive. If you've got flat land and you're, you don't have a lot of hills to worry about, a hub drive will be just fine. But if you got some hills and ravines, or, or if you got a little more weight to carry, you're going to want the mid-drive because you can actually use your gears to change the torque. So you have a combination of the motor plus your gears to get you where you need to go. And it, there is a big difference. There's a big difference in cost, but there's also a big difference in performance. So just pay. So that's been the biggest game changer for you on the private land that you're hunting is the ability to access that with the e-bike. Why is it called e-bike? Electronic bike? Electronic bike, yep. That makes sense. Yeah, e-bike for short. It it has, and it, it came from, you know, when we hunt, we always get in like 40 minutes before legal shooting. So we're in our stands, um, quite frankly, before anybody else in the area. And we would hear everybody come in on their ATVs. You know, this neighbor's getting to his stand, this neighbor's coming to his, oh, here comes neighbor Mike. And the amount of deer that these guys push before they even knew what was going on was amazing. And had we not been there to to witness that, you know, being in the woods first and hear that firsthand, I never would have thought how many deer get pushed by an ATV. I always thought, ah, they get used to the commotion. They're used to that sound. Maybe in in an agricultural setting, but where we're at, they hear that sound and it's danger and we're getting the hell out of there. So we stopped using our our ATVs. on the farm property, uh, ever since we got the bikes, so we just slip in there, and there's no motor sound. Um, you can hide them in the grass. You know, you don't have a, a doe sitting there blowing at your machine, stomping at it. You know, because she she sees it sitting there. Uh, that that's all gone, and that was a pleasant surprise, to be honest. So, it's like you said, just like you said, you know, these aren't things that we had growing up, and all of a sudden my kids are learning yeah, to hunt with, with with all this technology. It's it's pretty neat. That's so, something, huh? It really is. Are you using yeah. um, Are you using any sort of uh, other? Essentially, so, we're actually th- this is a good conversation. We're we're talking about youth a little bit. We're talking about what they're coming to the to the table with in terms of hunting and you know, the technology of the the e bike, um, the, the ability for them to film and go live. You know, are you using any 
you know, mobile applications to manage your property too, like a hunt stand or an Onyx or um, other applications, you know, as far as tracking who's where or what stands are, you know, on the property. You obviously have contextual knowledge of 20 years, so you know it, but are you doing, are they using any of those types of things too? We, we do use um, hunt stand in that basically we have all of our, our stands marked on there, but um, on 40 acres, there's not a whole lot of secrets. We know that mom's right over this, this knoll and, and grandpa's over here in this, this pine grove. Um, but it, it, we do use it to track the wind, you know, we can't always beat the wind, but we try to manage it the best we can. And that's just kind of a nice piece to be able to look in the cabin and say, okay, well, this is kind of where it's going to blow. We should probably try to set this stand if possible and, and leave that one alone. Um, as far as managing, we you know we touched briefly on food plots. We don't do a whole lot of that, just don't have the opportunity for it on that particular piece. But one of the other big things we've changed is the amount of foot traffic we put on that property, and it's year-round. Kids want to go ATV, so in the summer months, they're back there messing around, and, and we're okay with that. Um, but come come August, all traffic stops. You know, we, we're not back there going for joy, joy rides on the bikes. You know, the kids aren't back there ripping around on ATVs anymore. We let everything just kind of settle in and settle down sure. for the season. Uh, we do maintain trails. Um, my son likes to cut grass, so he's back there with the John Deere once a month uh, up until August, keeping trails mowed, and that's been a, a nice change for us because you're not, you know, walking through knee-high knee briars or some of that scrub brush, making noise, leaving scent. You can kind of just tiptoe in there. And, you know, with that along with the use of the bikes, what we're finding is we're we're not up the tree yet, and the deer are, are still are coming in. I think you know nine times out of ten you'll you'll get stuck going up the tree, and a deer will walk by. So they're they're definitely not feeling that pressure like they probably have in the past. So that's been kind of an interesting piece to, to that's figure interesting. out. Yeah, it, it's frustrating because you're halfway up the tree and your bow's on the ground, and here's a deer, you know, but. Um, just I think we've all been to... there. You're you're kind of in shock. You're like, wait, what? I'm not ready right. for you. You shouldn't <laughs> be here yet. I'm still making noise. What right. the heck is going on? Yeah. So raise your hand in the comments. Give us some likes if that's happened to you. I know that's happened to me. How about you, bud? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Or doing other things. Okay, exactly. a ton of things. Yeah, dropping shit, and it clinks like Plinko every freaking, you know, <laughs> climbing stick on the way down. Tink, 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 tink. I'm like, oh, my God. Or when you drop your backpack out of the pine tree, and it tumbles down the tree like Chris Farley on Black Sheep <laughs> when he's going down the hill. I had a shot at, I could have got a two for a buck. And the Nicolay National Forest, it was one of my first ever bow hunting experiences. I get up in the tree stand. And I hear, like, I'm like, oh, great, another hunter. No, it's two bucks. And it was fall, and there's heavy leaves, so they're tranching through. And I'm like, oh, 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 man. And this is my first ever opportunity at a deer with a bow. Right? It was my Dart and Viper dual cam. I was wearing my camo onesie that looks like the pattern that's cool now that everyone loves. It's retro. That shit was legit when I was wearing it. It was a hand-me-down <laughs> from my dad, the tree bar camo. And, oh, yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, and now everyone thinks it's cool. I was like embarrassed right back then because it wasn't cool. Jim Crumley's tree bark. You got it. I have a. Whole yeah, I just sold some at the rummage sale you stopped at. Yeah, and I was looking at it like shit. And so I'm, I'm like, all right, this is it, you know. And I grab my bow. My bow was upside down, upside down. Oh, so no. I had to rotate it, you know, slowly, fluidly. And then I finally get it to the right spot, and I and I go to draw back. I don't, I don't remember what I dropped. I dropped something, but I had these um, little L hooks that that lassoed on around the tree in a rope form. Mm. They didn't uh, gear holder. holder. Yeah, yeah. And so I, that's what I had. So these little steps with tink, 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 all the way down, and these bucks. They stopped to take a piss, and if I had been ready, I could have, I honestly could have penetrated both of them in one shot, the way they stopped. And by the time I was ready to actually draw back, they were too far, and I, I missed my opportunity. I was like, how are these animals, I was not ready for them. <laughs> you know, it was the classic case. Yeah, <laughs> I think different like you earlier, that curiosity kicks in, and a lot of times they just kind of see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. In this case, I just was so shocked. I'm like, I can't believe. I can't believe it. You know, I thought it was just another hunter. I was like, yeah, this hunt's ruined. You know, right. you know it was too I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. So, okay, let's um, let's pivot. And, and it's unfortunate, you know, we dropped you off for a little bit. But, you know, I asked I asked you in the beginning of the, the show before we hit record, if you could think about your most memorable hunt. Um, what do you got for us? We're excited to hear it. Sure. Well, there's a lot to choose from, and I think the one I got to go with is uh, 2008. Um, I was able to to shoot up until then my my biggest buck archery season, and what made that special was my dad was up that weekend with me uh, in the woods, and we were able to share that experience together. Um, growing up, uh, he's an electrical contractor, um, works all week, worked a lot of weekends. We didn't have a ton of father and son time. It wasn't like he wasn't around, but it just, you know, like it is with any dad you love, you can never get enough time. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I started hunting that I got all this bonus time with him. And that started at um, age 12. And I tried to soak up every minute I can of that throughout the years. So it just so happened he was up that weekend with us. And uh, we, we pulled a, a chip on one of our our cameras uh, we, we hunted that saturday morning didn't see a whole lot it was november 15th i went back to the house got a quick lunch through the card in and uh, saw this beautiful 12 pointer on camera and, and nobody had seen him before he hadn't showed up on any picture earlier in the season it's got to be cool to see him you know just just to see him and went back out that evening and uh, about four o'clock all of a sudden he here he come and he came in with the, within uh, 10 yards. He gave me a shot, and made a quick kill, um, followed the short trail to him, and, and saw him there. And then I uh, called my dad, and he didn't even wait till closing. He came down to see it. And he said, you think I'll make Pope and Young? Because none of us had ever shot one, uh, Pope and Young caliber bucket up until that point. And uh, I said, yeah, I think you will. And <laughs> the look on his face when he walked up on it, and, he ended up scoring 157, and wow. Wow. just having him there to just share in that moment and be part of the, you know, bringing him to the get registered when it used to be fun to register deer and yeah. um, show him off and, you know, take him to the processor. Just just be having that chance to be with my dad and, and not have him miss out on that probably was my, my favorite hunt in particular. So... 
Yeah, Dad's a pretty important person in life, isn't he? Especially if he's the guy that taught you how to hunt. I mean, in every deer I, I shoot, that's the first person I call mm-hmm. his dad, and Dad usually gets pretty excited. Right. Yeah, you see that on social media. People ask who's the first person to call. Well, for me, it's always been Dad, without a doubt. Yep. For sure, same. Even pre-shot, dad, I'll call my dad. Dad and then dad and then my wife. And my wife gets pretty excited to go track a deer. She's not real crazy about the killing part, but the tracking and 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 dragging and and trying to find it. She thinks that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, close seconds and thirds are are with my kids, you know, being part of their yeah. first deer. Absolutely. I, I'm sure that they'll hopefully rate me as number one someday when they're asked the same question, but, uh, gosh, you just can't, you just can't get enough of those moments in life. That's, that's for no, sure. It's short. Absolutely. So, so yeah, we've cool. had a lot I'm of success. Over to hear that. That's, that's good. Yeah. It sounds like you've had a lot of success over the years. Do you hunt anything else aside from deer? Uh, we, we hunt, yeah, we do hunt turkeys. Um, that, it's, it's kind of become a big deal for us. That started on private or public land and moved to the same private as of late. Um, but that was uh, another opportunity to get in the woods with Dad and my brother. Um, but what we like about that is it's it's not the, the, the pressure, the self pressure I call it, of having to be in the stand during a rut. You can't miss every, in any minute. You hunt for a while. The birds get quieter. We're not let's let's go to Perkins and grab breakfast. So. Yeah. You get a lot more you get a lot more time with, with the guys and with the family. Um with Yeah, bird bird hunting's a bit more social. Um Absolutely. You know, I, I duck I like to I love to duck hunt too. I've done my share of it and over the years, but as of late I don't do as much. But it was always fun to get done off the lake or off the river or whatever and come in and grab breakfast and, and shoot the bull and make fun of each other and about missing and whatnot and then you know, carry on with life. Right. It's always fun. The social yeah, aspect so of it. Whitetail would be number one, uh, both rifle and, and archery. Um, mm-hmm. Both of my boys shoot compound bows. Um, that's just the, the direction we, we've we've chosen, and um, that's what we've, we've stuck with. So we, we do compound bow in the fall along with rifle season. And then when deer season's over with, it's, it's predator season. Uh, we we chase coyotes just just uh, cool. Those are fun. Uh, well, yeah, with yeah. a private landowner, like that's a pretty fun thing because you want to keep those fuckers off your land. <laughs> yes, you too. And there's a lot of them, and uh, we just love it. Uh, we we've got tacticams, so we'll we'll put those on and and uh, film film shooting song dogs, and that's uh, that's kind of what keeps gets us through the winter along with ice fishing, and then come spring it's oh yeah. It's turkeys, and then it's and then it's prep work for deer season. So it's a it's a year round business for us, if you will. Cool. Well, it's a year round. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's um, it's funny. It's called Where to Hunt podcast, and I don't think we ever really talk about where we're actually hunting. <laughs> I think that name came from the app, which helps you understand where other folks are in the woods. But um, you know, I I, I fish. Uh, I let's my second favorite thing actually is ice fishing. I actually like ice fishing more than summer fishing, but, um, you know, I haven't gone predator hunting. It's something on my list. I also haven't gone turkey hunting, but it's on my list. So I look to Greg right now because I'm looking for him to take me to do some of these, 
Anytime. You know, uh, I've, I have a buddy that predator hunts. I've done some episodes on coyote hunting. I had a guy on that. I think he's killed like several hundred coyotes in several states. And that's a really fun episode uh, here. And he's a, he's a maniac. Actually, I think I learned something from him about deer hunting. He had said he'll call, he has a crow call with him. And he'll call crows in when he needs sound cover. Oh. And so he'll go, he'll literally call crows in, and then the crows will call, 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 and now he can make some movements and, and close the gap on some animals. I'm like, I call them the sorcerer. Yeah. That's it, right? Like, I was like, holy shit, man, you're something else. <laughs> I never would have thought of that. Yes, and the crows do yeah, call in fairly you. easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm going to have to try that one. The week, I guess. Yeah. We've also done some black bear hunting. Um, I pulled a tag cool. back in 2013. Um, did harvest one. Little guy, but I wasn't going to go home empty-handed. But that was that was a interesting hunt. So we'll we'll pull more more tags in the future and, and try that. But like I said, it's a lifestyle. We had met with uh, one of our financial advisors, and he's going over our, our budget. He's he says, I've never seen anybody had a taxidermy budget. <laughs> I said, well, now you have. <laughs> Do you have a budget? I, yeah, that's funny. I actually always wonder if I get a big buck. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not to pay for this. You know, they're not cheap. Who am I going to do this? i got to tell the wife, right. uh, hey, I'm just right. going to pay for this, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not fair. You can I would, do what you want. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd actually send monthly payments to my taxidermist so that when you pick it up, that it's paid for it. it it doesn't yeah. feel so bad. <laughs> That's a good idea. There's another good tip. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd send them 50 bucks or 100 bucks every month, and by the time the year's up, it's paid for, and you're happy as a clam. You can take it home and hang it up. That's a good idea. That's really putting the, the you know, kind of the rubber to the road. That means I ought to get something. You might, <laughs> I might have a really strong debit. For me, I'd have like a 10-year debit. I'd probably have my tax numbers would be sitting real pretty right now. You just spent all that several thousands of dollars that I've never had to cash in on. <laughs> I got the little cleaner over there, you know, like that's what I'm working with. Right. <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll get uh, the, the six. Mm-hmm. Time and dedication. Time, effort, dedication. Really? Yeah, the, the quote that my buddy actually has been living by this whole 2019, it was his 2019 goal, he told me, he said, and you got a tattoo of it. It's, uh, uh, what is it? Discipline over disappointment. And so you got the greater that's sign really or whatever it is. And and he said, you know, I wake up every day and would I would I want to be disappointed or am I going to deploy some discipline? And he's like, I apply right. to everything. And he's changed his life in a year just by living off of that thing. Absolutely. Well, you know, real real quick, one thing that I've learned, you know, we talk about how long I've been hunting over 30 years is there was a point where I was so focused on chasing inches on a deer that it started to take the fun out of the hole event it became more of a job it was stressful there was frustrations and it was probably right around the just before i had shot my big one where i just kind of just start relaxing and just say you know what i'm going to go out and do the best i can if it's going to happen it'll happen and i'm not going to get discouraged i'm not going to get frustrated i'm not going to get angry because it it wasn't fun anymore and just just about the time that i i just took a chill pill and, and just started watching, got back to the basics, you know, watching squirrels, watching the does and the, and the fawns, um, and just paying attention to, to nature more and really 
observing what I get to experience, which so many people don't get to do, that success just started to come by itself. And that was probably a, a defining moment in my hunting career, if you will, that I, I got out of the mainstream. you got to shoot a 150-inch deer every year or, or you're not worth anything to just going out and having fun. If it happens, great. If not, so be it. You know, we get to enjoy this. So many people don't even have a chance or not have an opportunity. You know, let's not get selfish about it. And that, that's been a huge mental change for me and how I approach it. And that's what I'm making sure that my kids kind of follow that same path. You know, don't get caught up that's in a, the, the big bucks. That's a great, that's a good mantra. It's almost yeah, like when you fun. stop searching for that, that girl, right? You meet your wife. Right, right, exactly. Right. But, you know, know, every time you called. open up Facebook, you know, this this guy's got this huge deer and this guy's got this huge deer. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that, you know. Not not all tracks of land are the same. Not all opportunities are the same. Go and have fun and enjoy yourself. Yeah, everything, number, every situation is different. You, you nailed it right on the head. You know, Jeff, that's a good message to, to, to end on. Just so people are clear, you know, I'd love to make sure people can find Little Creek Outdoors can you help us make sure that that happens? What, where, where, can people, where can folks find you? Absolutely. Uh, Low Creek Outdoors, we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We also have a website, which is lowcreek.com. Uh, With L-O-W-E, of, right? Yeah, L-O-W-E, creek.com. Uh, we post pictures of our successes, our kids having a good time. Um, you'll see some of the products that we use. We're not pitching it. We don't get financial gain from it. We're just sharing experiences on products we use so that you guys know what works and what doesn't. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. So good. It's, uh, it's been a good run so far. I appreciate you guys having us on. And and we'll get you out there chasing turkeys and, and uh, some coyotes here this winter. Yes. So. And we're close. So, like, I'm a, proximity is a big deal for me with a two-year-old and a two-week-old. So if you're close by, that means it's actually going to happen for me. Um, right. One comment I want to say: Low Creek Outdoors. Why not Low Creek? Do we call it Creek or Creek here in Wisconsin? <laughs> well, there's Johnson's Creek. There's Johnson's right? Creek, which is not far from us. And you know, if you live there, they say they're from Creek. But you know, oh, Low Creek. Yeah. I'm talking about. Right. Uh, Low Creek is is uh, near where we hunt, and that's where the name came from. So. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. hunt. Uh, I've hunted several years Low Lake. Uh, which is Manchez Park over by Holy Hill area, and it's just beautiful. Oh, sure. You go there and you feel like you're up north. It's just something else. But awesome. that's good to know, man. Thank, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule day in the woods potentially to be on the on the show. Make sure you revisit the the, the comments. You know, there might be some folks asking you specific questions in here, so I'd love you to jump in, and okay. um, you know, we'll we'll let you know when it's posted tonight. It'll be live in podcast land, so. Thanks so much, and uh, I'd also like to try one of those bikes. I Absolutely. Think, Without a doubt, we'll, get, we'll make that happen. And Greg will definitely look like the circus bear. <laughs> you get the body for it. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, Greg. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> Team Randy, awesome, guys. Go. <laughs> Thanks so much. Have a great day. You guys night. take we'll care. You too. All right, talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, the tip of the week. The tip of the week this week is, I think it's been a tip in the past, and it was definitely a tip from the show. Uh, it's being an outdoor sorcerer. My recommendation of the week 
is to get a crow call, learn how to use it and use it to your advantage in the woods to give yourself some sound cover. I think this could be really, really advantageous if you're doing a spot and stock or a still hunt. Um, you know, and you want to make some moves. If you're in the forest, I think this could work. If you're more out in the open, maybe not as much. I'd be willing to, uh, or I guess I'm not willing. I'd love to see how that goes for folks. But I had a guest on a while back, a couple of years ago, that talked about calling in crows to bring in some sound cover. And I was like, wait, what? What? Who are you? <laughs> this is crazy. It makes a lot of sense. Pretty interesting tactic. Use wildlife to your advantage. Crows sound like they're pretty easy to call in. Um, maybe it's not instant or crows on demand but certainly you could plan a little bit and use that to your advantage so that's the tip of the week this week and i hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode less technical problems this week i'm very happy about that my throat is not sore and i have a voice so that's great all in all um you know we appreciate any feedback reviews i love seeing those come through on itunes they mean a ton to me they're gonna mean a ton to greg we'd love to hear what you think of him too don't be mean be honest we love greg um thanks for tuning in today everybody good luck this weekend this week if you're out hunting you know we're in the quote unquote october lull um you know good luck navigating that if you believe in it or not and uh, you know i don't believe in excuses so that's the only thing that that i have about the the october lull that being said make sure to tune in to rut club radio and continue to call in and share and spread the word about that as we actually get closer to the rut we're less than a month away so uh, stay safe out there and hunt public <laughs> <laughs>